and welcome to Fibercast, the official fiber podcast for sellers and by sellers. My name is Red, aka Red Horrocks. And I'm Adam, aka Twisted Web123. Today we're joined by a special guest host, Dan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan? Sounds good. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, excited to be on here. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, born and raised. Right now, I live in Winter Park, Colorado, which is about an uh, hour and a half inside the mountains, right next to the uh, Winter Park Resort. Do a lot of snowboarding, mountain biking. Spent three years in the Navy when I was young. Got into bartending, did that for about 10 years. Um, that kind of got me a lot of my personal skills, communication skills. I had some college in business and uh, got into some sales at a corporate level and was offered to do some management. And at that time, I was starting to build my Fiverr Fiverr career, I guess you can say, and walked away from that job as they offered me a a job out of state. I just walked away, started doing some part-time things and focusing on Fiverr. And here I am today, full-time Fiverrin. So Dan, what is your your specialty on Fiverr? Um, I have a few gigs that, that I really focus on. My featured gig is radio podcast advertising, which I have my own podcast and I started that just before um, I was introduced to Fiverr. So what I do is I offer um, airspace, I guess, ad time on my podcast for $5. And if you have your own audio, you can send it to me. And if not, then I create the audio for you. So basically people can give me their website, give me a script, whatever they want. I'll create the audio, put it up on my podcast and then send them the audio. And one of my other popular gigs right now is uh, social media marketing. So basically using using my social media to get your word out there with your website. So between that, independent music and podcast advertising, Fiverr definitely keeps me busy. That's very cool. Well, our main topic today, um, and one of the one of the re- main reasons we wanted to ask Dan in is because we want to talk about how do you promote yourself off of Fiverr? I mean, everyone knows there's a lot of options for you to promote internally, but Adam, what do you do to try and market yourself outside of Fiverr, obviously without breaking any of Fiverr's terms and conditions? I think this is probably one of the biggest questions that anyone, whether they're selling or wanting to sell, is always looking to ask. And I think the key and the way that you need to look about doing it is to think outside the box. Because often people think when it, you know, you look to promote yourself, you would go down the more obvious channels. But there's so many different availabilities out there on what you can do. I wouldn't say there's any one set way of doing it. So what I personally like to do is actually use a tool that Fiverr provides called Fiverr Anywhere. Now, Fiverr Anywhere allows you to basically generate URLs that you can share anywhere, anytime to have people directly order from you. So what I personally like to do is generate these URLs and look to share them in numerous different ways across the web. So for example, where would be a good place for that? Do you, do you look on blogs? Do you do um, like Google AdWords? Do you do Facebook ads? One thing that I think is fantastic now is Facebook allows you to add a call to action link at the end of your video when you upload a video to Facebook. So what I think is fantastic and anything anyone can do if they've already got a video for their gig is to just upload their video that they've already used to Facebook and use this already generated URL from Fiverr Anywhere and put that as the call to action link. So when people watch the video on Facebook, they are going to watch the whole gig video, have it presented to them like it is on your gig. And right at the end, it's going to call you to action to purchase with a direct purchase link straight to your Fiverr page with the order form. I mean, you couldn't have it any clearer than that. 
when you're doing that, are you are you promoting this to your friends and family? Are you trying to get onto other people's Facebook pages? How are you getting your target audience for that? I think when you start out, it's important to kind of test your market. So I think even writing to your friends and family and on maybe a personal Facebook account is a good idea because you never know what people are actually looking for. And the way Facebook works now, where friends of friends can see friends activity and all these kind of other things, you could be writing this post, maybe a friend might comment on it, but maybe friends of that friend may see that post. And before you know it, the audience you're actually posting to are probably a lot larger than you even realize. So Dan, what do you think about this topic? What do you feel is your best avenue for marketing yourself outside of Fiverr? Um, in addition to Facebook, I, I use Twitter a lot um, and YouTube and SoundCloud, excuse me. But Twitter, really, with, with using hashtags, a lot of people don't really understand the power of the hashtag that when you add ash hashtags to, to your Twitter post, it's just like what Adam was talking about, that not only do you know your friends see it or your, the people that are following you see it, way more people see it because there's people that are searching for that hashtag alone. So for example, the hashtag Fiverr, if you were to look it up on Twitter, there's going to be a lot of people with promoting their gigs, a lot of topics about Fiverr. And, you know, you can end up on that page just by using the hashtag Fiverr and also use hashtags in your categories. Say you got, you know, logo designer, right? You know, for me, I'm radio podcast advertising. So I use advertising a lot, podcast advertising and being more of a niche. Sometimes that can help. So I definitely use Twitter a lot. Um, that, that, that's helped me tremendously get a lot of extra traffic to my Fiverr gigs. I think the great thing about Twitter as well is when you use the hashtag, there's absolutely no bias. So when you may look to purchase advertising somewhere or to pitch your gig somewhere, you can often find that the more money or the more time you invest, the, the better your result shows. However, on Twitter, because they have the filter for the hashtag to show by newest, po uh, newest posted, you could literally show up on that massive hashtag that is a very popular hashtag. And for that moment in time, you would be the top result. Oh, that's right. And then with your, uh, basically as it gains more popularity, you get more interaction, retweets and favorites through that. It'll stay up there or you can make its way. You can rise up there by getting that too. The more popularity, the more it can rise to the top. So you get it out there and you've got a good service that people like. You never know where it can go. So it's definitely a platform with a, a kind of easy entry point to it. The fact that the filters allow anyone's tweet to show so high for that you know, unspecified amount of time means the amount of effort you need to put in to do that is actually very quite minimal. Correct. And I, I have tweets that I've sent out a year or two ago that still get interaction to this day. So the staying power is also there. So Dan, I know one of the other things that um, has had more popularity recently is Periscope. If, uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, Periscope is a really interesting Twitter. It's, it's associated with Twitter, I believe. And it is where you can live stream what you're doing on video. And I know, Dan, you've, you've taken to using that a little bit for marketing purposes, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's pretty powerful, too. It's amazing how quickly, especially if you use the location feature on there, how quickly people will all of a sudden be in your, in your room, your video room, I guess. <laughs> so basically, with Periscope, you'll set up a broadcast, and you'll be basically live streaming what you're doing. And I've, I've done a couple of ones where I've been in the studio, and I've actually put up a, a scoped what I'm doing. And I have I have had a couple of people be interested in what I'm doing and then go ahead and look to me up on Fiverr later and place an order. So I think I think with Periscope too, it's it's one of those new and emerging tools that might be something worth keeping an eye on because you it's like you never really know when the next big thing's gonna hit. And I kind of feel like Periscope's heading that way. 
I completely agree. And it's taken a lot of uh, momentum and especially recently where you're talking about live streams. People like to watch live videos, see what you're doing now. And, you know, when you when you're streaming, you'll be amazed on how many people will get involved and, and start talking to you conversations. Um, you bring up some topics. You can be creative with your marketing on there, too. Um, one thing that it does is also get you comfortable with video and get you comfortable being in front of people because I mean, really, if you're proud of your service and you're proud of what you're offering, you got to be proud to get it out there as much as you can, the best way you can. And the best way right now is video marketing. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a periscope pessimist, <laughs> in, uh, a term I'd like to coin right now. When I look at the platform, I think to myself, this is a fantastic idea. It's, I can see so much potential behind it. But why would anyone want to watch what I'm doing? Because I pretty much sit at a desk and I don't really know what I would put out there, but I can see the potential behind the platform. Is there any simple recommendations you might have that people could put out there to maybe start that train rolling? Well, the thing about Periscope is what Periscope does is it gives other people a window into your lives. You might not necessarily be wanting to show people you sitting at a desk working, but if you have other things around you that are interesting, like, um, or, and, and again, you have to remember that different people find different things interesting. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who do things like routinely show people their dogs and their dogs <laughs> are running around and playing and all that good stuff. So maybe you've got a dog and maybe you're, you're showing your dog running around playing and then you can try and segue that into, well, I'm done playing with my dog and I'm going to sit down and do some work now. This is what I do for a living and do like a little brief spiel. It, it's possible that you might be able to get audience that way or trying to, trying to work it in if you don't have a job where you are visibly doing something interesting. It's, it's kind of like just mentioning it here and there. It's kind of like any, any networking. You go to a, a networking event and you're going to talk about things other than what you do for a living, but you're going to try and get that in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it seems like. And what I use Periscope, for, you know, basically today, you know, I had a couple hundred viewers today and all I did was one of the voiceover orders that I've got through Fiverr is just kind of walk the audience through how I put together a voiceover and, and what the process is, editing, you know, real simple to, to kind of give people an idea of what I do, but also it can give people that do voiceovers or want to get into the voiceover industry an idea of how to, how to just start off, you know, and, and Red, you'd be a much more professional at that. You got, you're much more, you know, that's your niche that, you know, I, I use it to help promote my podcast and also promote some of the independent music artists. And so I tie it all in, like you said, I tie it all in to my Fiverr gigs as well. Well, that's a good idea too. Yeah, like video tutorials. I can see that as being a good right. thing on Periscope that people who are more design oriented or like to build logos or web designers could pr probably do some kind of like, this is how you do this. And, you know, you never know. And you can also, you can save your broadcast for people to view later. So it's possible that you could do it that way. So I imagine as well, then, if you could save your broadcast, you could use one of the hundreds of available online video download tools to extract that video. And then share that in other places again, like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and basically use that that live video to multiple purposes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like Periscope's one of those things that's really uh, coming along. So I think a lot of people should check that out and see how they can use that. So I briefly touched on, on networking at events. Do either of you two do any like in-person networking? Personally, I've done a couple of events orientated around fiber. And the great thing I like to see about those types of events is mingling with people who 
just are so excited about the platform. So a lot of the time I actually forget to mention what I do on the platform because I'm just so excited to hear what they're doing on the platform. But I think especially when you look into freelancing and you're looking to, um, you know, kind of working from home, there's a possibility that you begin to kind of seclude yourself. And, you, you, you know, you may forget to go out for one day or two day. And I think it's important to go to things like events, whether it's Fiverr based or whether it's freelance based or whether it's working from home based and get out there and speak to other people to have that community around you. And as you say, briefly mention the fact that you're on Fiverr and to pitch your actual services to them as well. What about you, Dan? Um, I actually do a lot of small networking around here to some of the business owners, but uh, my town is pretty small. It's Winter Park, Colorado. So when I go to Denver, which is not too far away, um, when I get there, what I do mostly is a lot of flyer promotion and things like that. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to possibly hosting a Fiverr event here in Denver. Um, we're just trying to get some interest. And if one doesn't occur within the next year, I'm going to host one next summer for sure. So um, I want to do more networking events like that as as everything um, grows and gets bigger. But as far as um, personal one-to-one, I do not attend a lot of events. I just kind of go around and talk to some of the business owners around town to get them introduced into what I do. Yeah, I think the, the Fiverr community events are definitely becoming more prevalent. I know that Fiverr are hosting some, they're putting some together themselves, but they're also asking uh, community members to host local events. So I think that's something, I went to an event in San Francisco that I really enjoyed. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, especially with the forums would probably be the best place to find out about those kind of community events. But it's always good to meet other people who under, understand the platform you work on and kind of do what you do. So I think networking events are great. You know, take a stack of business cards, interact with some different people that you might not normally meet. Things like that are great. Yeah, I think it's important when you work online that, as you say, you've got to remember that marketing doesn't only have to be online. Just because your service is only online doesn't mean that the way you want to market or channel that has to be exclusively online as well. So I think things, as you say, like networking, um, business uh, business cards, even flyers, anything along these sort of lines, there's always people out there who are going to be interested in your service, both on and offline. You might not meet them or interact with them in any other way because you wouldn't meet them online. And for you to hand something to them or for them to see your face, that might be the only chance or interaction you ever have with them. So you you got to take advantage of those situations as well. Well, exactly. I mean, one of the services I offer is to review websites and to uh, critique how websites work. And whilst most of my traffic is generated online, I do go into local businesses and I do speak to even a couple of local um, design agencies to, first of all, with the local businesses, I pitch my idea to them. I pitch a service to them and I, I you know, provide the maybe business card with Fiverr. But to the local agencies, I talk to them about maybe if a kind of relationship can be formed where they outsource certain work to me, possibly via Fiverr, they receive a reduced rate from what they may already be paying or they may not even realize it's a service they need. And I receive a steady flow of income to Fiverr that will up my feedback, up my um, ratings from that, obviously, and probably bring me even more traffic from online users then seeing the positive ratings from that. I mean, I think there's, I think there's so many things that Fiverr provide to you that if you use in the right way can really be beneficial. So another kind of example is when you are a buyer and you finish the gig, the buyer is prompted to share their work to say, Hey, look what I bought. Well, why doesn't the buyer, uh, sorry, why doesn't the seller 
when they finished a gig and it's in their live portfolio and the buyers shared it on the platform, why not take the kind of initiative there, take what you created and share it somewhere like a social media page or on Twitter, as we've discussed, maybe hashtag it or um, market it in that way. So you as well are sharing your work and you don't just rely on the buyer to do that for you. Definitely a lot of good points. Let's move on to our question and answers. What do we have today, Adam? We have quite a few questions. I think we will start with, this one's a good one. So I'll throw this to you, Red. And the question is, what is the best way to keep track of the pending deliveries and unread mails when someone has a really packed schedule with tons of orders? Ah, yes. The, uh, the wonderful, what do I do when there's a bunch of stuff in my queue question? Um, <laughs> I've heard of a couple of different ways that people manage it. So there's two schools of thought with this. There's the people who like to use their to-do lists, and then there's the people who like to use their managed sales. For me personally, I feel like the to-do list is better because what you've got is you'll log in and you'll have all of your inbox messages. So you'll say have five new messages, and then you'll have your ratings that you need to do, and then you might have your orders. So what I'll always start with is I will start with my inbox messages because those have a delivery time associated with them, respond to client, client questions, and then I'll do any of my ratings and then I'll work through my to-do list with my orders. And if you keep on top of that, it doesn't seem too overwhelming. The one kicker though that I've always had trouble with is when a client updates an order and that's what I really focus on using my email for. So I'll go into my email account and I'll scroll through all of the emails I've received from Fiverr paying very, very special attention to anyone that says your client has updated your order. And those are the ones that I will take and deal with kind of separately. So it can be overwhelming and it can be hard, but keeping on top of your to-do list can make your life so much easier and having a system for it. So like I said, my system is inbox messages, deal with any ratings just to get them out of my queue, and then client updates on orders and then work on orders. So putting the system together, that can really help. Uh, so our next question is from Israel, and this is, this is definitely a good question for Adam. I've designed a logo for a client, and they said it was exactly what they envisioned. Now the gig's complete, the clients changed their mind and demanded that I send them the previous design. I told them that it would cost an extra $5, which is another basic gig, but they've disagreed. Am I wrong for trying to protect my work? What do you think, Adam? So I think there's many aspects to this scenario and how you would decide to proceed. And I think the biggest factor in this question would be in what way was the order marked as complete? If the order went inactive from the buyer's point of view and it went over three days and it automarked as complete and then the person came back, I would potentially be a little lenient even if they expressed that they liked the previous order just because it would probably save time and energy. However, if they came back and they'd already marked the gig as complete with the feedback, under that scenario, I would definitely kind of be quite hard on the fact that it would require a new gig because at the end of the day, the rules are quite simple. It's one gig based on your description of what you're offering. So by coming back and essentially asking for a second gig, it's very much the seller's discretion of how they would look to handle that if the buyer went inactive, I would say it's completely down to how you want to assess the situation there. And then I would still err on wanting to charge a new gig for it simply because I'm in charge of my own sort of time frame. And if the buyer has their time frame, it's their important kind of aspect to keep on top of that themselves. However, if it kind of 
wanes towards a certain side and you look at it and think, okay, the buyer semi said they like it, but they didn't reply for three or four days. I would maybe look for a little bit of in-between ground there just to make it as easy as possible because you never know that buyer may come back and place another order of you in the future for much higher than $5. But by being very stern with them in the kind of inactive situation, they may not order from you again. Definitely a good, uh, good ideas to try and protect your relationship with the customer. So we have uh, one last question, and this is from Southwood. And I think I'll throw this one to Dan. The question is, how do I send larger clips that are too big to attach, such as bigger than 30 megabytes? Um, excellent question, of course, because I have to deal with those, this one a lot. Um, I got a lot of music artists that prefer to send their files in WAVE other than MP3, and a lot of WAVE files can be um, a lot bigger. So the 30 megabytes wouldn't be enough for them to send. Um, what they do is, and what I recommend to them if they don't already have it, have it you know, signed up for it is use Dropbox. People aren't familiar with Dropbox or Mediafire. Mediafire is another good one, but what they do is it's free. Sign up to Dropbox. You basically upload the file into Dropbox, send them the file through Fiverr, and they can download it as well without having to worry about going back and forth or piecing up the file or anything like that. So I definitely recommend getting involved in that, especially if you, you know, have picture files, voice files, audio files, video files, because um, sometimes that's not enough, but it's also a little bit easier than downloading all the way from a Fiverr downloader. It's easier to do it on Dropbox, in my opinion. I think as well, Dropbox has a few benefits for one, the fact, like you say, you can share that URL, whereas other platforms may request that you share the file with an email address, which would obviously be against Fiverr's terms of service. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can use that URL stays inside those rules. But I think the other great thing about um, Dropbox as well is that it's got the integration into the Fiverr app. So you can directly draw in files from Dropbox directly from the Fiverr mobile app easily hooked up your account without any kind of uh, issues with that. Well, fantastic. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, so thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Dan for joining us. You can find him on Fiverr as Detong Sports. Our jingle was created by Custom Drum Loops, a.k.a. Ryan. We were edited today by Dansha. See you next week. Fiverr